Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Locked on Bucks presented by BrewHoop.com. I am Frank Madden. I'm joined by Eric Name, and we are the only people who have the guts to talk about the Milwaukee <laughs> Bucks every day of the week. Well, weekdays. Uh, Eric, how you doing? I, I, the Bucks just lost 107, 100. What's your What's your headspace like? I, I, my My angle for the recap was this is all a matter of perspective type game. You know, getting blown out in the second quarter and then kind of coming back. I don't know. What, which which side are you going to take? Um, I don't even know if I'm like that upset. They played terrible yeah. for a half. Their offensive rating at the half was 72, I believe. Maybe 72.8. Yep. Yes, uh, 72.8. And they ended the game with an offensive rating of 100. So it's a tale of two halves. They literally couldn't make a shot in the second quarter. And... It wasn't just bench guys. It was literally everyone. Giannis missed a zero footer. Uh, like two two in a row. The, like, yes, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like he missed two zero footers in a row. Um, so if you, if you need to know how poorly things were going, yeah, it was that bad. And they somehow managed to make it a seven point game and had many chances to Really, I mean, there were shots to really get close to tying that thing up in the end. So, uh, I mean, obviously, as a Bucks fan, you are, we're all experts at looking for silver linings and uh, figuring out positives to spin off of the things that we watch. So, let's just the second half. That was awesome. Yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't really, I don't know, I don't really have the will to be very broken up about this game. And I, I said on Twitter, you know, it's sort of those things. Yes, the second quarter was horrible, and you know we can easily look ba- look back at this game as sort of oh man, you could have beaten a very good Hawks team, albeit without Dwight Howard, you could have beaten them in Atlanta um, mm-hmm. and snapped their five game winning streak, um, and that would have been a great win, right? Regardless of of who was out tonight for the for the Hawks, but you know reality is this uh, a Bucks team that you know is is trying to get consistent. And that, and that second quarter obviously was a, a, a black mark on the night, 31 to nine. The Hawks uh, just dominate. But flip side, as you said, the Bucks come back out and score 30 plus in each of the quarters against a team that you know. Let's keep bear in mind. I mean, this is the second ranked defense in the league. Granted, you know Howard was, um, but this is uh, you know that's a that's a that's a measuring stick team. And I think uh, the Bucks passed in the sense that. Uh, they could have, you know, they they looked like they were on the verge of folding, and they were obviously down big. I think they were down like twenty three or twenty four in the early third quarter, and um, you know, they showed some backbone and and came back. And obviously, the fact that that Giannis kind of went back into the game uh, after, especially Jabari, a, a rough start, one of seven in the first half, that is obviously you know, a, a thing we can certainly spin in a positive direction. And um, you know, we'll see. I think so. You've got Miami coming up tomorrow, and I think obviously the the real test now is uh, can you bounce back and, and get a win against a Heat team that is is struggling uh, at two and eight, and uh, as much as they have some talent and they will be playing at home, 
Uh, obviously, if you can get a win tomorrow or tonight, uh, given we're, we're recording this on Wednesday night, we'll publish it on, on Thursday. But uh, if you can get that win, then then certainly this road trip feels like, you know, a, a success or at least a holding of serve at one and one heading back to, to face the Warriors. So, um, you know, it's it's whatever. It's not great to lose a game. But uh, in the grand scheme of the NBA, I mean, if you're going to go ballistic over every time the Bucks lose to uh, a team that, you know, is a top four playoff seed on the road, <laughs> you're going to be a really unhappy person. So. Yeah, uh, I th- I, if you if you're gonna go crazy every night, the Bucks have a bad offensive night too. I think that's that's gonna happen. And yeah, they they played a good team and they struggled in the first half, came back in the second half. Uh, I think a, a ton of interesting stuff kind of about this game. Um, obviously, twenty six, fifteen, and seven for Giannis is silly, um, and that's m- with like we said some. Pretty, pretty much point blank misses uh from him ones that he have he has not been missing uh thus far this year so that that's an interesting thing um back to 32 threes uh on the night which is which is exciting i was all capsing mirza effect for a while tonight and he gets four, he gets nine threes up hits four of them um and again I think you can see a, a definite difference when he plays a bunch of minutes and he is able to space the floor and, and get shots up. And obviously he had that nice stretch in the fourth quarter, but there was also some other plays in the, I think his first stint in the game, I can't remember if that was end of the first or early second. It must have been the first quarter because they didn't make anything in the second quarter. Yeah, he, he came in, I think, at like the seven-minute mark for Jabari. He came in really early, so they kind of flipped it instead of bringing... Uh, Giannis out early for Beasley. They brought in uh, Toledovich in early for Jabari. Yep. Um, yeah, and he got a couple buckets there. I, I think he was part of what was it like an eleven to two run, something like that, in the first quarter. Um, yeah. So he goes out and does that, and obviously, I was kind of openly campaigning for Mirza over Beasley uh, the other night, and I got that. Um, Tony Snell getting threes up again, a good thing. Whether or not he's ever going to make a bunch of these threes is yet to be seen. Um, but that was interesting. And I, the small ball lineup to end the game was fascinating. Uh, for I mean, looking at minutes for the three bigs tonight, Henson gets 20, uh, Plumlee gets 5, and Monroe gets 7. Uh, and really, I, I don't know if any of them, <laughs> did any of them play in the fourth quarter? Uh, and I think Toledovich played the, no, Jabari, Toledovich, and Giannis played the entire fourth quarter. So Jabari played the entire second half. Giannis got, I think, like a one-minute break late in the third. Yep. And Toledovich played the last 15 minutes of, of game time, which, um, you know, normally we'd say, Jason Kidd forgetting to take guys out, but whatever. It was working and honestly Toledovich is a guy that I would bias towards I want to see more of Toledovich rather than less so I I don't really care that much but obviously you know on the first night of a back-to-back maybe not ideal but you know this is a young team and uh interestingly they perhaps and perhaps unexpectedly they actually had a chance to come back and obviously I I I don't fault kid for keeping those guys in because they were the ones taking the comeback yeah as I say I don't think he was necessarily prepared for them to rattle off like a 10 point run there at the start of the fourth quarter i just remember thinking okay third quarter everything's going terribly and then all of a sudden we get that 
Mirza Giannis Jabari uh, lineup where Giannis was essentially playing center and I remember being excited because that's the first time we've seen center Giannis this season um, and then it- wasn't Teletovich guarding Muscala more though so I don't really know if technically I, I want oh, just give me, it I wanna, just give it to me yeah Frank. Okay. I want to call it point center Giannis lineups but um, Giannis wasn't really running the point he wasn't really defending the nominal center. But hey, I'm I'm happy. I agree. I'm I was excited to see it. They, that that group had played only one minute without a center this year. Uh, Jabari, Mirza, and Giannis, and we obviously talked about that preseason. You know whether uh, we'd see sort of the big lineup without Chris Middleton, or basically Giannis and Jabari are guarding twos and threes. Um, and we also kind of pondered: could we ever see the small ball lineup with with Mirza providing the spacing? Uh, and tonight we finally saw it, and uh, they had a you know they really keyed a plus ten run uh, early in the fourth quarter that got them in the game, and I think they were plus seven for the game that group in I don't know it's probably like fourteen minutes or something like that. So um, a, an encouraging thing, a cool thing to see. That's probably the most significant we, thing we saw, I guess, tonight in the grand scheme of you know trends for the season. Um, so so yeah, we'll see. And I guess this just reiterates that. Rick, for the love of God, the Bucks need to trade one of their centers. Oh my God, yes, they've. It's we knew that going into the season. We have talked about it throughout the season. I wrote about Greg Monroe earlier today at ESPN Milwaukee. Like it doesn't make any sense, and I think where it can get really uh, difficult and interesting is if Henson starts, and then. Plumlee is the guy you bring in in the second quarter. I think ideally, again, Henson's defensive numbers, not great this season. Um, but I di- <laughs> Henson's anything numbers are not great. Correct. <laughs> not but ideally, I think you believe, okay, I can stick Henson with maybe more, like if you're you're not going to have Giannis to start the second quarter or wherever, however you stay here, you're like, it's going to have to be Jabari with Henson. And then there's probably going to be at least one other bad defender out there, if not more. And then you think, okay, Henson can kind of cover up for some of their mistakes, but when it's Plumlee, like, oh, good God. Uh, so the, the, I'm trying to think what it was tonight. Like, Plumley, Beasley, Vaughn, Brogdon, Jabari, I think, for a little while. And when it wasn't Rashad, it was Jason Terry in that spot instead with Miles Plumley. And it was just not good. <laughs> um, the, there was some some lineup. I think the first like six minutes, five, six minutes of the second quarter, it was four bad defenders with Malcolm Brogdon. And essentially just saying good luck malcolm hopefully this well, works out for this you. is the thing though i mean look at the bucks lineups right? or look at the books like depth chart right um you know because i i saw the same thing on twitter and people saying or you know asking me like well why why is kid what is kid expecting when he puts you know four four defenders like that out there together but it's like well look at the bucks roster right <laughs> if Mon- if monroe is on the court and Giannis isn't it's you know, on in theory, that lineup should be a defensive dumpster fire, right? Correct. I mean, there's there's nobody, and this is what like our whole debate early in the preseason, where we're like, oh my god, is Thon the only other passable, you know, non cent, you know, non center defender um, at the forward spots, yeah. and other than Giannis, and uh, so I mean, it's kind of like, well, they've been playing lots of lineups that have, you know, Jabari slash. 
Toledovich or Beasley, you know, basically su- two of those guys plus no Giannis and Monroe. I mean, we've seen lots of those lineups. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like that's anything new. And unfortunately, that's just the nature of the Bucks roster construction right now. <laughs> that's just how they're built. Um, so I don't know. But yeah, it was like it was funny to see people freak out so much about it, because like in my head, I was thinking like, yeah, we're playing a game of craps and we had a couple nice rolls there in a row with Beasley. Like he had three good games in a row was seemed to seem to be playing passable defense was scoring a bunch of points. And it was like, okay, you, you got a couple nice games out of Beasley on the bench there. Like there was going to be, uh, there's going to be some crapping out at some point. Uh, and yeah, that that's going to happen with this bench. And it, it was just funny to have so many people, act as though they were shocked or surprised with a bad defensive second unit when that was something we circled before the season. And again, we tried and we literally tried what's the best defensive second unit we can put together. And we didn't have many answers. No, when you're starting with, I mean, when you're starting with Jabari or uh, Greg Monroe and or Jabari Parker, the, like no matter what, yeah, that's or uh, Toledovich that, or correct. Beasley. I mean, yeah. you know, you start with if those are the raw materials at your disposal, it's it's not much to work with. Um, was also kind of funny because, and I and I understand why people um, were clamoring for Rashad Vaughn over Jason Terry because, you know, it had been a couple of games since Vaughn even played, and uh, you know he came into the game shooting like I think forty one percent from three. Obviously, he's had some some nice shooting nights and and has generally been you know passable as opposed to last year when he was just a you know train wreck um but it was kind of ironic jason terry comes in does nothing you know misses two shots uh in nine minutes and then rashad vaughn comes in and is 0 for 6 (laughs) so (laughs) it was uh that was pretty funny although at least rashad vaughn was a plus one and terry was a minus 11 although i don't think that had much to do with rashad vaughn him being plus one i think he was just out there when toledovich was out there so uh yeah i mean it's uh tony snow was by far the best uh buck shooting guard tonight uh, 11 points on 10 shots. It felt like he was worse, but he hit a couple threes, uh, I think, in the second half. Yeah. Uh, four rebounds, three assists, two steals. He actually ended up playing reasonably well, especially by Tony Snell standards. So, yeah, it was a weird game. And I mean, Giannis, it was kind of, you know, it's kind of a, it's, this is like one of these things about Giannis now. Um, offensively, I didn't think he even played particularly well. Uh, as you said, missed some gimmies. He didn't make any shots that were not no footers. His uh, shot chart I tweeted out is was all dunks and layups, and then he missed like four or five jump shots, and he still had 26 points on you know 11 to 22 shooting, uh, 15 rebounds, seven assists, a steal, two blocks. Uh, unfortunately, four turnovers. Had a, you know, had a couple turnovers in the fourth quarter, which um, you know blunted the the comeback attempt. So again, it's like kind of those things. Like Giannis is now at the point where he drops twenty six, fifteen, and seven. And we're like, yeah, but he could have been better. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's 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 a good place to be. You know, and yeah. and hopefully we'll be better tomorrow. Um, and Jabari was yeah, it was really just a tale of two halves for Jabari. I mean, he he just looked infinitely better in that second half. Hit uh, nine out of thirteen shots. Finished with eight boards, three assists, three steals, uh, just one turnover. So you know, uh, encouraging, especially because he looked very frustrated. It looked he looked it was similar to the other night where he was just trying to bully his way to the hoop, wasn't getting any calls, uh, wasn't finishing, missed a couple jump shots, uh, and didn't hit a three tonight. But uh, really got cooking from from mid range, which you know, we we support that for Jabari. That oh, yeah. Jabari's our our one guy we we support shooting mid range, I guess. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, were you watching the Were you watching the Bucks feed or the Hawks feed tonight? Oh, Bucks, Bucks feed. Thank God. I hate Dominique. Same, but Junior Bridgman, Junior Bridgman, Frank, Junior Bridgman. Yeah, I was Frank, just like kind junior, of glossing over Junior Bridgman. What was that whole thing about? I, I, I literally, I'm, I'm still not comprehending what it was about, but I heard it. I think Junior Brad Bridgman had to be, be said twenty times tonight, if not. Yeah, more. he, yeah, Mar- Marcus Johnson kept, he, he was kind of kept referring to Junior Bridgman making faces when he made shots or something. I, I didn't. I was like, I was watching on my, I had my phone and then using my lap ironically losing using my laptop the bigger screen to like take notes on the game and stuff like that it would so. I, I like it, it would normally i these type of things don't necessarily annoy me or get to me but uh that i just couldn't comprehend it because i could not for the life of me understand why junior bridgman was getting brought up so many times <laughs> I just like I couldn't get it. Uh, sorry, that was completely off topic, but I needed to say something about it because I was going crazy. I'm just re looking at the box score and just it's just hitting me that that John Henson played 20 minutes and Greg Monroe played seven. It's pretty funny. Not not that Greg Monroe was like great or something like that. He was part of that lineup that you know just was completely indifferent to anything the Hawks were doing in the second quarter. Um, and but it is it is interesting that he never played again after that. Um, obviously the small ball lineup was a big part of that story, but we'll be interested to see. I, I imagine we'll see a lot more of him tomorrow, even though uh, going up against Whiteside isn't necessarily a, a favorable matchup, obviously. Well, the good thing is they have all their bigs are fresh. Uh, so if, if they want to go... <laughs> they can two, play three bigs at once. If they want to go a three big lineup, if they want to go two big lineups against the Heat tomorrow night, they can go for that. Uh, so that's that's got to be an overwhelming positive. Uh, for the upcoming heat game, I'm I'm very excited to see uh, the all big front line. Uh, we can <laughs> we can bench Giannis and Jabari, let let Miles uh, work on his perimeter game. Maybe. Um, by the way, I was trying to think about this, uh, like looking at the looking at the Bucks center. I mean, not that anything was really different tonight. I mean, Monroe didn't play well, but um, but I was trying to think of it like, what is this comparable to? Like the Bucks, you know, just sort of pouring all this money into the center position and then being stuck with all them. And for some reason, the thing I thought of was, um, I think it was in, I want to say the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, I feel like I was a f- like a few years older than the people that were doing this. But do you remember when like beanie babies were a thing mm-hmm. and people, people spent like hundreds of dollars on the you rare know, ones. You, you got to get the good ones. Yeah. 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 And then at some point, everybody that they were spending hundreds of dollars on frigging beanie babies and they were like oh crap and then they were worth nothing because they were beanie babies and i feel like that is i feel like miles Plumley is like the last beanie baby and it's just like it's like oh my god wait a minute we paid 52 million dollars for, for like a center who doesn't really impact either end of the court and you know like needs a very specific set of circumstances in terms of like you know pick and roll game and stuff like that to to be very valuable um and now oh the Bucks my God, are just that's so good Frank. Stuck. and and they can't even, and the crappy part is like you're you're not gonna see 
the Jabari Giannis. You're not even going to see the small ball line as much because kids sitting around thinking like, oh, shit, I got to play these freaking big guys. So yeah. <laughs> it's such a screwed up situation to be in. But And, and uh, I mean, this is a second straight podcast that we're talking about uh the when we mentioned like oh man if this team would have some like very minor nagging injuries like it might actually help to create a rotation that makes sense and another example tonight like the second quarter i don't know how many different combinations they tried and everyone was complete garbage like it didn't matter who came in and it like as much as you want to complain about jason kidd's rotations like well, if you keep throwing guys in and they're not any good, well, that's that's gonna happen. Um, so that I don't know, it's it's brutal because like you said, you you do have to try to find a way to play with those three bigs and kind of try to find minutes for them, and it's a mess. It is an absolute mess. Um, I wanted to talk about looking at the box score. How does Matthew? How does Delvadova get seven assists? tonight i have no idea i i don't remember Delvadova doing much of anything tonight and he had seven assists and one turnover and this isn't the first time i've said this like th- this has been uh pretty much pretty much every game it's been how did matthew Delvadova get blank assists and maybe maybe he got a i need maybe i'll look at the play-by-play he might have gotten a bunch when jabari was just hitting mid-range jumpers it may be kind of like fraudulent to not fraudulent, but you know, kind of like. Oh no, you said fraudulent. I know what you said, Frank. <laughs> well, he did get um, he did throw a couple of nice backdoor passes to Giannis for yes. layups. Yeah, I. Um, yeah. He he got a let's see he got a credit for when John Henson had to shoot the ball in the yep, corner and made that twenty foot jumper. Uh, we can't forget that. We have to celebrate that because that was that was random. Um. And then, yeah, he assisted on two more of uh, Jabari's jump shots okay. in the third quarter. So he had five assists, it looks like, the third quarter alone. Um, so, yeah, they just kind of add up. I mean, it's one of those things, like we saw with Giannis last year. You know, if you, hold, if you, if you handle the ball and get the team into the offense, you're going to just sort of pick up assists by default, right? Yeah. So. Um, but, yeah, so that's a, a positive thing. And I guess... Uh, the the podcast where we recorded about the rookies and Malcolm Brogdon and the questions I asked and concerns I had, he was uh, not super great tonight. No, Kevin O'Connor and and Chris Vernon on the Ringer NBA show also had nice things to say about him today. So it it only makes sense that he would have his homecoming game. <laughs> He's from Atlanta. He just lays an egg and is really bad. Um, but you know, so it goes. He's a rookie. Uh, and actually, it was yeah, it was actually kind of interesting to see. Uh, Delhi actually outplay uh, Brogdon for a change, which hasn't been happening as much as uh, as you might think of late. Um, oh, so. I just I just rolled my eyes so hard, Frank. <laughs> uh, no, it's, you know, uh, Delhi's been a little under. I mean, there's it's uh, there, Delhi has to be. I don't know. I'm I've been a little. I, eh, I mean, I still like the signing, but I'm a, I've been a little bit uh, meh, a little bit meh on, on Delhi of late. I don't he's got to hit. He, I don't even know what to threes. say. He, I don't even know he hit a couple say. threes tonight, but he's got to. He's got to be hitting threes. That you know, his his three point shot has been not not great this so far this year. I just I, don't, I just want to see more of that. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, but then I did. I did but, like no, that. No, 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 uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but if you if that's what you're going to hold against Dally, 
and you're going to say Malcolm Brogdon outplayed him. What are we doing? Well, his overall number, I mean, oh, the Bucks are oh, the Bucks have oh, been good when oh, Brogdon's on the court. Oh. They're bad when Delhi's on. How is Delhi a negative player when he shares the court with Giannis <laughs> no, so no, much? No, I don't understand no, that. I agree. No, I agree. You know? Like what the hell? Yeah. What is is like am I missing am I missing something? Is he just like laying down on the court when Giannis isn't out there with him? <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I guess it it yeah. I I get what you're saying. I'm just saying I don't know if it's so clear cut that Malcolm Brogdon has outplayed Matthew Dellavedova. Well, I mean, it's all. I mean, it's like it's not like he's. I mean, neither guy is. I mean, you know, it's it's all relative, right? It, <laughs> it's not like you know, Brogdon is not some dominant dynamite player, but yeah, it's just more like in in you know in various shades of gray, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time, Frank. I'm having. Okay. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to have some fun. Oh, none of that. <laughs> um, wait, I'm actually just trying to. I'm just curious. I just wanted to look up real quick. Uh, what do you think Giannis and Delhi's uh, net r- differential is when they're on the court together? So, so when they're on the court, yeah. the Bucks are plus or minus what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, them on the court together, give me like a... Oof. See, I know Delhi's a negative, but it doesn't... Plus two, maybe? Minus two. Okay. Guess, guess, what, guess what Giannis and Brogdon are together? Plus 11. Plus nineteen. Isn't that that's insane? I don't even understand how that is a thing. Um, I I I need to do a deep dive on Delhi's. That's fascinating. Like I just need to go to NBA Wowie and figure everything out. And here's the other one you want to see. So Giannis and Toledovic on court together. What is their net rating? Um, hmm. Plus five. Plus twenty, baby. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I guess yeah. I could that's, probably that's see that. Why, yeah. I mean, that's why I think it makes sense if you're going to, you know, if you're going to play Beasley and Toledovich as your backup forwards, I think it does make sense to run Beasley with uh, Jabari more. Yeah. And run Toledovich with Giannis just because of the perimeter shooting dynamic. Um, Giannis and Beasley are plus three together. Uh, but yeah, Giannis and Toledovich have been just, you know, dynamite. Um, interestingly, Parker and Beasley are minus three. And now I want to look up Parker and Toledovich and just see if there's anything. You know, they may not have played that many minutes together. But um, but yeah, Giannis and Toledovich. This is kind of what we talked about before the year. I mean, because of the shooting thing, Giannis and Deli and Giannis and Toledovich just seem to make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but Giannis and Deli, for whatever reason hasn't worked that well which is is especially weird because the starting lineup has been actually good um so it's it's just sort of strange i can't wrap my head around that number it confuses it definitely confuses me i'm trying to think it was there like a a time where the starting lineup got like blown out or ran off the floor they in dallas was there a really bad time for Giannis and delhi I don't know. It's it's weird. Jabari and Toledovic minus eleven, so that ain't great. But I mean, that just sort of goes to say, or just goes to show when when Giannis is on the court with people, think good things happen, and especially <laughs> when he's got on the court with shooters. I think the problem was uh, clearly the problem is that Delhi doesn't uh, doesn't share the court enough with um, that uh, that plus minus Maven Miles Plumley because. <laughs> 
amazingly, Miles Plumlee remains the Bucks. He's un, in, he's untouchable. Trading. It doesn't make any sense. He's untouchable. untouchable. And he may he may get benched the rest of the year, and then and then he'll not his numbers will truly be untouchable. But Ooh. anyway, Ooh. anyway, I'll I'll leave on that pot shot to Miles <laughs> Plumlee, who seems like a totally lovely person and a good dude. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's just burning the Bucks money in a in a fire pit somewhere right now. So unfortunately. That's a reality of uh, of that. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how things go tomorrow in Miami. A win would be uh, very welcome to get the Bucks back above 500, allow our friend Steve Unhorn to have rationale to watch the Bucks Warriors matchup I don't, I don't think we're getting them back after he watched tonight's game. No? I don't think that's happening. <laughs> Even for the Warriors game, Steve always talks about how he loves watching good basketball and Regardless of whether or not it's coming from the Bucks, there should be some good <laughs> basketball on Saturday. So this is true. We we will see. Anyway, um, ooh, okay. I just looked at the Dallas game. Sorry, don't mean to do this, but uh, yeah. the final four minutes of regulation and then those five overtime minutes that would be minus two, minus nine, minus six. So minus seventeen for Giannis and Delhi sharing the floor there. That that probably hurts that number. Yeah. I'm sure it does. All right, we'll leave it there. Uh, the Bucks lost, but you know what? They're going to lose a lot of games. There's another Two game to tomorrow slash today. So yeah, that's exactly. Exciting. That's very exciting. And yeah, I guess a lot of it, it, this always comes back to, I mean, like if you are telling yourself that the Bucks are going to be good and make the playoffs, then uh, yeah, losing games is going to be more disappointing. I don't know. I just Correct. don't have, I'm not quite there yet. But anyway, more games to come. We'll see. Take care. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hi, you've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate, and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10-2 to 10-10. Select styles only.